state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian goes under center this time. Mills, the deep back. Turn and toss it to Mills off the left side. He's to the 10. Stiff arms a man. Five dives. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Diedrich Mills finds the end zone from 14 yards out. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. There's a lot of nights that I can't wait for Sports Nightly to start. And there are some nights that I actually dread coming on the air, and tonight is one of those. What a somber day for Husker Athletics today with the announcement that Bill Moose, for cost-saving measures to help offset the cancellation of the football season, furloughed 51 members of the athletic department today from September 1st to the end of the year. Uh, All other athletic department staff members will take a 10% salary reduction from September 1st to December 31st. Uh, Bill Moose said, quote, in a release from the athletic department, the postponement of the fall sports season and specifically the football season has put us in the position of making some very difficult decisions that impact every member of our staff. In my three decades as an athletic director, I've always said that the people are our most valuable resources, and that is Without a question, the case here at Nebraska, these are outstanding staff members and great people, and that is what makes this a particularly tough day. This comes on the heels of Bill Moose back in June, eliminating 17 positions from the athletic department. So you take those 17 plus the 51, and all of a sudden you're at 68 people that are no longer working for the athletic department, 51 of them on furlough, so they could be brought back in January if the picture looks brighter. But this is a, a gut punch, Ben, and I, I saw this coming. I made a, I've made a couple comments in the last few days on Sports Island, but it's going to get darker before it gets better. Well, this is pretty dark today. For a lot of people you and I know, respect, like, have worked hand-in-hand with to promote and talk Husker sports and get games on and get events put on at the venues uh, like the Devaney Center or Memorial Stadium or Haymarket Park. Um, it, it's just it's heartbreaking. You knew it was coming, and it still doesn't soften the blow at all. No, not at all. I mean, I'm thinking about you know some of the people that I know have taken a hit today and, and their families and what this means for their life for the next you know quarter of a year. It's yeah it's it's not a fun not a fun time at all and you know as the announcement yesterday that they weren't going to cut sports you you knew that the staffing part of this was going to be affected uh pretty dramatically and unfortunately um you know that that was kind of handed down today who knows what things are going to look like on on january 1st hopefully it's a point where you know a lot of these people can get their jobs back but yeah, I mean, I'm hurting for them. As you said, we've spent a lot of time with these people, ones that make our jobs easier, people that we see every day on a normal circumstance and travel with and, you know, get to, you know, experience life with, you know, even more so than our families. When we're on the road and, you know, we're going to all these different places and our families can't come with us, they're they're the family that we're with. And so, yeah, this is this hurts today. And, you know, for everybody that, that received the phone call today, um, you know, my heart goes out to them because, you know, the sitting around and waiting until the first of the year, 
uh, with a massive unknown. I, I can only imagine the feeling that they have. And, you know, as you and I know, a lot of these people have have families and have kids and, you know, have to support them. And, you know, this is just a very, very tough circumstance. And, you know, we've said this ever since the virus kind of started. Um, this is going to be uh, this is going to be something that that sports isn't immune to. And unfortunately, today, you know, that that became more of a reality for a lot of people, which is just which is really too bad. It's it's been a day of, of some some of this type of news around the Big Ten. Iowa earlier in the day announced the elimination of four sports, uh, three men and one women's sport from their athletic department, effective uh, with this year. Men's gymnastics, men's and women's swimming, men's tennis uh, were the ones that were let go in Iowa. And I don't think we're done hearing about this across the Big Ten spectrum is now the reality of no fall sports sets in and the big revenue generator of football uh, is off the plate and so you you know we knew that this thing was going to finger its way out uh, this virus and its impact and and now it's it's hit 51 folks on the nebraska athletic department staff that make lincoln nebraska their home that's certainly going to be a, a pinch to the economy and, and you can say well it's only 51 well i mean it it could it, that could turn into more i mean it, this could turn into more hotels and restaurants and bars and those type of things it still could be affected with a lack of of activity in downtown lincoln in the coming months because of no husker football uh, that we thought we'd have a home game here two weeks from tomorrow i mean september the 5th was supposed to be the purdue Boilermakers in town to kick off this 2020 college football season. Also, in conjunction with laying off 51 employees today, uh, Nebraska has announced that they are shutting down their training table for student-athletes. Now, for those that live on campus, they can continue to eat at the various dining halls that are on campus. Those that live off campus will get stipend money to cover that. Um but when they're not eating under your control and in your in your house, so to speak, you you know, you're you're putting a lot of trust in these student athletes to fuel up the right way. I mean, you know, that training table keeps pretty good track on what guys are grabbing and and taking with them to eat. Uh, this is another cost cutting measure for Husker Athletics because you have an awful lot of people that staff that training table that work that the cooks. Uh, the people that uh, get the food prep ready, that uh, get the food set out and laid out for everybody to come through a couple times a day uh, to eat. So this is another <laughs> this is another uh, arrow shot into the athletic department. And I know it was done for cost cutting measures, but it, this is not this is not benefiting Nebraska student athletes. You're still not you're, you know you're going to make sure they have access to food. But it's just going to be different for everybody to do this thing. So it's it's heartbreaking. I don't know that we're done hearing about these type of things. Uh, you know, Bill Moose um, said yesterday that he was not going to pull the plug on any sports, that he's going to roll with that for this year. But is that sustainable beyond this year? I, I don't know. We don't know what the next 6 to 12 months are going to look like. I'm looking forward to chatting with Parker Gabriel, the Lincoln Journal star, here in a few minutes. He had a sit-down with with the Husker Athletic Director yesterday and covered a lot of this in the Lincoln Journal star. We talked about a lot of this last night on the program. 
Uh, so I can't wait to kind of get Parker's observations from talking to Bill Moose in person yesterday about uh, all the things that are facing this Husker Athletic Department. And, Ben, as I said, I mean, Iowa's announcement came out today. I think this is going to be staggered over the next week or two around the conference. I mean, you, you, that other it's not just going to stop at Nebraska and Iowa. It's going to go through everybody in the conference is going to have to make some kind of adjustments with the lack of football funds coming through the door. And you think about what good of a situation Nebraska was in compared to a lot of other places. And it, it's just, as Iowa you know, announced today, it's, it's inconceivable that uh, that's not going to bleed over into – you know, about every school in the league, um, maybe not some of the top ones, but even not in the Big Ten, Greg. You think about all of those schools that don't have the benefit of a, B, a big TV contract that are now forced to make those cuts um, in other places. And a lot of times that's going to result in loss of sports. It's going to result in tons of loss of staff, uh, resources. You mentioned some of the resources that Nebraska will now be without this is just gonna these are some of the residual things that we knew were going to come with no football and they're just starting I mean we're like the third or the fourth domino in on this chain and who knows where the end of it is so that's that's the scary part and you know it makes me um, you know hopeful for those other leagues not for the competitive advantage for the Big Ten but you know what's the landscape of college athletics look like if there's not a single snap of football played this year that's 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 where I'm concerned with it and, and so part of me is kind of hoping just so the sport can survive that these three leagues can can get a season going you know competitively I don't want them to have an advantage on Nebraska and recruiting or, and all that other stuff but if it helps the the college landscape in general to have games and, and to t have teams play then then so be it but yeah this is just uh, I think we're just starting to to try and solve the riddle of of what all is impacted with the result of no football and unfortunately there are a lot of athletes that aren't going to get the opportunity to play not just this year but for the foreseeable future if not forever with cutting of sports if you have some thoughts on this, 531-500-4686, that's the number. You can also use that same number to shoot us a text on our U.S. Segator text line. U.S. Segator, the official wireless provider of Husker Athletics, if you have some thoughts to share about this. The Board of Governors, the NCA Board of Governors did today, Ben, approve uh, an, an extra year of eligibility for all student, fall student athletes. They did the same thing in the spring when those seasons got cut short, uh, so that at Nebraska affected baseball, softball, track and field is who it affected in the spring for Nebraska. Well, now it affects the fall sports, football, volleyball, cross-country, uh, women's soccer here on this campus. They would all get an extra year of eligibility. I know that a lot of people have been waiting to hear that. I'm sure the players have been anxious to hear what that would be. So even if Nebraska gets a winter or spring season in on the football field, they'll still keep their eligibility. So Adrian Martinez next fall is still going to be a junior. Uh, Luke McCaffrey is still going to be a redshirt freshman. Um, it's going to backlog these teams up. Guys don't have to stay in school if they don't want. They're ready to move on. And, and we saw that with a couple of baseball players who were like, yeah, I'm ready to move on. I got a job lined up. I'm, I'm going to go and do something over here. They can do that. It also affects some really good volleyball players for John Cook's volleyball squad as he has an outstanding senior class 
And even if they play in the spring and have an NCAA tournament in the spring, all those seniors are going to be allowed to come back next year. So as we look for some kind of silver lining in what's been a dark day, I guess that might be it. And, and that's the only decision I think the NCAA could make, Ben. I don't think they could have gone in the other direction with this thing. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think you got to salvage, you know, what you can, and and just punting on a whole year is hard enough as it is. And then the eligibility factor. The fact of the matter is, the roster control is going to be an absolute mess, no matter how you slice it. And so, I think you at least owe it to the athletes to give them the option to keep going if they want to, and and not have this hurt them in the long run. So. Um, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, at least at this situation, you're you're leaving it up to the student athlete on what they want to do instead of taking that opportunity and taking the choice out of their hands when a lot of them feel like they don't have a lot of say in the matter anyway. At least now they have some say of, you know, how, how much they want to keep going given the pandemic. And we want to welcome on board the program now Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal Star. Parker, great to have you with us. Before we jump into your uh, conversation with Bill Moose yesterday, uh, I, I want to just get your reaction and thoughts to the news of today with the furloughing of 51 Husker employees. I, I, I guess we all probably anticipated this, but boy, when you you see a number, it's pretty uh, pretty jarring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's obviously it's a terrible. You know, it's just a it's one of those things that that you wish um, didn't happen, obviously, and it's a terrible, excruciating day for a lot of people. You know, I'm, I've only been here for three years, but you just get to know a lot of people, and it's not just it's not just you, know, you or or the media people or the coaches. You know, you get to know the people that are um, running concession stands or just that are just around, and so. You know, it's one of those things. We haven't been immune to it in the newspaper business, obviously, and you guys haven't been immune to it. And there's very few parts of uh, the economy now that haven't been, but that doesn't make it any worse when it, you know, when it comes to the athletic department. So obviously, just feel for all those people and and uh, wish them the best, and and know that um, you know if we all just try to stick together and and help each other out, we'll we'll make it through it. I'm sure, Bill, I'm sure Bill Moose knew this was going to be a dark day today, and you talked to him yesterday. Can you can you get a sense of how this is weighing on him? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I think that's a good way to put it that it's weighing on him. I mean, not you know, Bill is uh, ever you know, and, and a lot of people, a lot of your listeners know it. He's an optimistic guy, um, and I sort of thought you know he's on that uh, scheduling subcommittee that's looking toward a potential second semester football season. And, and I sort of thought going into his office that we would hear an excited bill about um, the potential of that and, and all of the work that's going to go into it, but it'll be worth it and all of that. And there was a little bit of that, but um, it really, the sting is definitely still there. And I think that that's not only, not only is that um, not getting the opportunity to compete this fall, but largely I think it's because of, the ramifications of not competing this fall on his, you know, on the kids and on the coaches, but on all of the people um, that work in the department too, because obviously it's a big impact on, on a lot of people. All right. Let's go to that, that football plan. There's, there's two that are out there. You've got the one that 
Penn State and Ohio State seem to be supporting strongly, and that's the start right after the first of the year. Go to the Dome stadiums in Minneapolis, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Maybe play doubleheaders there on a Saturday so that 12-year teams get to play every Saturday. And then there's the other one that says, ah, maybe we go after the Super Bowl. Maybe you can get a few that are on campus, actually. does do you, Did you get a sense of Bill likes one over the other, or could did he play his hand at all? No, he didn't really, and I think it's mostly because it's just a little early. I mean, I thought there was a part of me that thought that perhaps, you know, this would be something that would be announced um, soon. Um, but I think that they've got to the Big Ten still has a pretty extensive work to do on figuring out what model they like best. I mean, there's pros and cons. The, the pro of going early as, as soon as you can, January 1st, you know, in that time frame, is that maybe you can play a couple more games, be done by the time February is over, and have a much more extensive recovery period before ramping up to play the 2021 season. The problem with that, and I thought that Bill sort of smartly pointed this out yesterday, he said you have to think about who you're going to be competing against in terms of the television slots. And if you start in early January, um, you're going to be going head-to-head with the NFL playoffs. And so that, I think, is why the Super Bowl becomes sort of a part of the conversation is if you start after that, you know, you might have to go shorter um, or you risk compromising the beginning of the 2021 season. But you might have more eyeballs, too, uh, available at that time of the year, February and March, as opposed to January and February. So there's no ideal answers, um, but I think that the the Big Ten is going to do what it can to try to make a run at uh, at least looking into trying to do it. Did he, did he talk at all about maybe trying to protect the 21 season? Because I've heard several people today anyway at least say, well, the one thing you don't want to mess up is you don't want to mess up a second season. If you go right. too far into this spring and then you got to delay next fall and if the other three leagues are kicking off on normal, you've given them the whole stage for an entire month. Did he does he have any hesitancy there or did you not get that deep into it? Yeah, I think that that I mean, I think that that's definitely part of the consideration is just, you know, you can't you're robbing Peter to pay Paul at some point if you're yeah. going to say, okay, we're going to go to April 1st and then we're going to start the 2021 season on on October 1st or something like that. It's not, you know, the, this isn't the total top of the priority list, but I, we did. I asked Bill just about generally speaking about that game. That's obviously still on the books in Ireland um, week zero next year. And he said he had, he had talked briefly with Josh Whitman, the, the AD at Illinois, and that they both still want to try to make that work. What would be great, I think is, you know, the possibility that, you would maybe even play a game before that or somewhere else in the schedule. You know, if, if every uh, team could add a 13th game, um, everybody could have an extra home game. There's a little more revenue. Uh, you're paying an extra guarantee to, you know, a South Dakota state or a North Dakota or something um, that, that, that needs the money too. And so um, I think that those are all going to be conversations going forward, but you certainly get the sense that, uh, they don't want to mess with the beginning of the 2021 season as much as they can. Yeah, robbing Peter to pay Paul, that's a great analogy. And I, that that was my thought, too, is do you really want to really mess up your budget in back-to-back years, or do you just take the hit now and move on? I, time will tell what they end up deciding. I'm busy with Parker Gabriel 
of the Lincoln Journal Star. Well, one of the big takeaways I had from your piece was no elimination of sports. What was his yeah. comment about keeping all of the varsity sports going? Just he said, you know, that that, that he that, that they care about him all, and 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 he said, you know, we've got great coaches in all of our sports, and and great student athletes, and um, you know, that's really a priority. And I think you can tell that, you know, I mean, everybody, if you if you look at Iowa, and I don't know the full extent of, obviously, I'm sure that Iowa is taking other measures beyond just uh, eliminating the four sports that they did uh, and announced today. But I think everyone's going to go about it in a little bit of a different way. And so Nebraska found $3 million, um, in in furloughs and salary reductions, which obviously really hurt. Um, uh, that's a wide variety of people that are, are making the sacrifice there. But, you know, also maybe you avoid um, fully eliminating positions, which would be a silver lining, um, and, and you help protect – uh, the sports themselves. So everybody's faced with um, big shortfalls and big deficits. And I think there'll be some commonality in how people go about trying to cover that. But, um, you know, each school is going to sort of make their own decisions on that too. So, um, you know, Bill said, if we're in the same place this time next year, um, obviously subject to change, but they obviously prioritize trying to preserve all 24 sports in Nebraska, which um, I think, you know, that's to be commended. Yeah, to me, that was one of the main headlines of your conversation with him yesterday. Are, are there is there concern at all, uh, and, and he maybe didn't address this, that, that athletes might be leaving? I mean, going maybe back home, trying to get to a conference that's still up and running right now. Is, is there any concern or, or swirling around the programs about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I, I, I do think it's a concern, and, and especially um, in football where, you know, you've got three conferences that are power conferences and three um, smaller conferences that are still trying to play this fall. And so I do think that, um, you know, definitely to some extent there is you, you have to recruit your own roster at this point um, and try to, you know, convince guys to stay and, and not to look around. Um, I think – that the blanket eligibility that was approved by the NCAA today, um, it's, a, it's a really complicated factor in that conversation. But I do think, like, this sounds weird, but it's going to, over the next maybe two years, cause a pinch in scholarships in a lot of sports, and in particularly in football. And so I think that part of the conversation is probably like, you might be able to go somewhere and start as a walk-on right now there's just not a lot of scholarships available out there um for football season this year you know nebraska for for instance is full they couldn't take a scholarship player now if they wanted to and there's a lot of schools that are in that position so you might be able to go and and think i'm really good so i'll just walk on for a year and get a scholarship but teams are going to be short on scholarships over the next couple of years and so we'll see Uh, i wouldn't be surprised if there's attrition i'm never really that surprised when there's attrition um but i think that given that this is an unprecedented set of circumstances, I think it's really up in the air. Uh, maybe it's one guy, maybe it's 12. Uh, who knows? I think it's going to take over the next you know month or so, a few weeks to a month, to really know what that picture looks like. Yeah. Um, did you get a sense he's over this, or is he still pretty fired up? Because I, I, I get the feeling he really felt like Nebraska could make this thing work this fall. I think the head coach did too. I think that was pretty obvious from his yeah. uh, press conference and what it was that 10, 12 days ago when that, that took place. Do you, do you feel like Bill's been able to put that behind him or is he still kind of holding the grudge? 
No, I think he's still I think he's still upset about it. You know, I mean, the term he used in talking to us was that he was stunned. You know, that the decision to postpone um, was stunning and it was sudden, um, and it really it's really still affecting him. And that, you know, but not to the point. So I guess I guess I would say it this way. I think you can definitely still tell. I think it's still having an impact. Um, I think it's probably still having an impact with uh, the football coaches and the football team as well. Um, but not so much so that you can't do anything else. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, it's still there, but it's not paralyzing. And as we saw, you know, with the decisions that were, that were made today and, and all of that, like there's a lot of business to attend to and it's a critical time. Um, and a lot of stuff has to happen. A lot of decisions need to be made. And so uh, I get the sense that, that Bill Moose is working long days um, these days and, and working through all that stuff. But, man, I don't think it's too far. If it's not totally front of the mind, I don't think it's too far from the front of the mind that uh, that feeling that, that that you should be getting ramped up to, to play football in a couple of weeks. That ranch in eastern Washington might be looking pretty appealing to Bill. i, I got to imagine. Yeah. I mean, he's human, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be going, I don't need to do this anymore. You know, the one downside to the ranch, and I, I know Bill spent some time there uh, this spring, is what when you when you're still on the Big Ten conference call that's at seven and it's at uh, nine a.m. Uh, Central Time. That's pretty darn early when you're out yeah. on the ranch. So, uh, but yeah, no, I know it's. You know, he said one of the things he, he told us and he was frank about is um, it's not the same job it was even a couple of years ago. You know, I mean, this nobody could see this coming to the extent um, that it that it has happened and the impact it's had and. I think everybody's everybody's job is different. My job's different. Your job's probably different. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Frost talked about how different his job was this spring, and the same goes for Bill Moose. So, it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's amazing. It's the the, the the pandemic at this point really has pretty much touched every corner of, of, of life. Well, that's true, Parker. Great stuff. Um, really enjoyed the piece. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll chat soon. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Well, right now, we are delighted to welcome on board one of our favorites, one of Nebraska's favorites, Larry the Cable Guy. My goodness, Larry, you've you've been living a dream. You've, I've been seeing you play golf out in Lake Tahoe. You're driving around Lincoln with Scott Frost. You, you got it all working right now. <laughs> well, I'm a comedian. <laughs> you know, you know it's crazy. All this stuff hit and. And, you know, I was kind of slowing down anyway. You know, I, I, would, I don't want to miss my kids growing up. So I only took about 25 dates a year as far as comedy goes and and done some, took some celebrity golf tournaments. And then this happened and everything got canceled. So for me, it was kind of like, uh, well, I guess I'll just retool start next year. And so it's given me a lot of time to go out and do stuff work on my golf game and hang out with my kids and i just man it just i just feel miserable for a while you know i go on twitter all the time and i'm you know i i just feel miserable for what's happening to everybody else and i early on you know i i said it would be cool if like all of our local businesses and stuff if people that have been blessed and that are and that and it's not affecting that much It'd be nice to go find your five favorite places to go out to eat and just every now and then walk in and say, how you doing? How can we help? Is there anything we can do? I think that would really, really go far 
helping people out in the community. Because we're Nebraskans, man. We help one another and we do things for one another. So I hope that people start doing stuff like that. But, but, but yeah, Greg, as far as myself, I, I've had plenty of time to work on my golf game and, and uh, do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm uh, – uh, I'm in a little different situation. I'm a, I'm a comedian, so it's not uh, <laughs> it's a little different story out here. I, I, the pandemic might put a little pinch in in coming up with new material. Now, election seasons usually are pretty good, right, for coming up with new stuff. Yeah, you know what? It is. It's always hard. <laughs> I almost sent that up the other day as a tweet. You know, it's it's getting harder and harder to find comedy during the yeah. pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because people are. It's not, some people are in the mood to laugh, but other people aren't. Hey, I'll tell you, then, the political season, I have never been really a political com- comedian, you know. I mean, if it's funny, I'll do it. But I've always just been a crazy one-liner type guy. But, you know, nowadays people are so – I mean, you can't do a joke about anything or you just get hammered. So – I try to stay away from that, but every now and then yeah, you'll think of a joke that's too good to not do. So I figure, well, I'll throw it out there, take the heat, and hopefully uh, yeah, hopefully a meteor will hit and take the heat <laughs> off of you. <laughs> well, let's talk about this cruising with the Huskers brought to you by Woodhouse. Uh, you and the head football coach kicking around town. What was this like? Well, a lot of people don't know, you know, Scott and I, we dated in the 80s. And, uh, we were, <laughs> you know, I've known Scott for a long time. Back in the day, uh, I would, uh, he'd always, when he was in, in school, you know, back in 96, 97, back when they would come up to the Funny Bone in Omaha, watch his show, and they would always come to my shows. So, you know, I'm a, I grew up, of course, you know, I'm a huge you know, Nebraska kid, and and I never get starstruck by anybody. You know, I've got to do a lot of cool things and never really get starstruck anymore. The only people I get starstruck by are Nebraska Cornhuskers because that's such a childhood thing for me. So I remember I was always so freaked out every time they came in. I'd go, man, that's so cool. Scott Frost and they all came up to the show tonight. I mean, it was really cool. Matt Davidson's here. And, uh, you know, now now that I know Matt, it's like, why was I? He's no big deal. (laughs) No, he's not. Yeah, you're right. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was was really cool. So I know Scott for a long time, and they had this idea. Idea just to you know uh, drive around the car and ask Scotty some questions and and I thought oh man what a fun time you know I golf with Scott sometimes and he's just a good guy so so we did it's kind of just uh you know it's it's, it's more about Scott than it is me you know it's just us two driving around but I had questions I wanted to ask him so it's a lighthearted uh, slash kind of serious interview about his thoughts and that's so it's a fun idea I'm glad they came up with it. Yeah, it's a great idea. You know, he football coaches sometimes don't let their hair down very much. You you at least got him to admit that he was a Green Acres fan growing up in the little clip we saw the other day. <laughs> we're we're both kind of geeky in the fact we like stuff. 
you know, and then he, and you know, it's funny. I know that he watches it because I mentioned Green Acres, and then he said, "Yeah, those shows, Hogan's Heroes, Green Acres," mm-hmm. because on Me TV, Hogan's Heroes is before Green Acres. So I know he's not kidding that he does watch it because he mentioned Hogan's Heroes, and he wouldn't have mentioned it if he wasn't watching it on Me TV. <laughs> and we watch the same shows. <laughs> Schultz was one of the great characters of all time in Hogan's Heroes. Uh, did, did you get any looks? I mean, people, if, if somebody pulled up next to you guys at a stoplight, they had to do a double take if they looked in and saw you two guys. <laughs> you know what? That's the crazy thing. We, I, I didn't really, you know, we had the GoPros going, and I was just trying to talk and not hit anything or <laughs> get pulled over. So I didn't really, I couldn't really tell. If every now and then somebody looked over, but I don't think they really. That's one of those things where it's like you look and you see, and then in your head you go, nah, there's no way, you know. <laughs> so I think it was just kind of dismissed. Well, the the clips that we've already seen look great. The full version again runs Sunday night at seven on on the Huskers Facebook account. I can't wait to watch that whole thing. Uh, he the, the coach has to be hurting right now, Larry. I mean, he, the, the, these guys live for the season. This is the time of year they ought to be cranking up. Our, our hearts have to go out to those guys. I'm sure they're really uh, inside that stadium. They've got to be hurting this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Greg, uh, you, you don't want to get me started on this. Um, uh, for my thoughts, uh, and not to get anyone in trouble here on, uh, on your deal, uh, go to Twitter and read my timeline. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Doesn't have to happen. These are my thoughts, my opinions, you know, Here's the thing. I, well, I, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble. I, I go to my Twitter if you want to hear my thoughts. I talk about it on. Uh, I have a thing. I have a show on Fridays on Sirius XM. Uh, Jeff and Larry's Comedy Roundup on Sirius ninety seven. I think it stinks. These guys work all year for this. These kids, they have one chance. They have one shot. You know, mm-hmm. they they go to high school and they work hard and they and they want to and they want to per- do their thing in front of a. I mean, that's what they have. They, these guys are only going to have one senior year. These freshmen are only going to have one redshirt freshman year. They only. I mean, they, their whole life is built up for this. When they're on scholarship athletes, even non-scholarship athletes. This is half the fun of school. This is half. This is this is the whole college experience, and we have been playing college football in this country every year since 1894, uh, and through everything, through earthquakes, through world wars, through pandemics, and it always gave us something to look forward to, to lift the American spirit, no matter what's going on. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, it's been taken away and I feel bad for these kids and I don't, I do not fault them at all for being upset about this. And, um, you know, it's just a shame that it had to happen. But yeah. anyway, I get, I get a little more in depth on that on my Twitter page. I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll so, check it out. So, uh, but I, I, you know, <laughs> the, here's the thing. The thing is I, I run into so many people that have, uh, in power positions that can say things, but they don't want to say anything because they don't want to get in trouble. Right. And our season, our, our season did not have to be canceled. It didn't. And 
it, it is what it is. I feel bad for the kids. Back to your original question. Yes, I feel bad for the kids. Yeah. They, they work hard for this, and now they're sitting back. At, they, they, and they said they can still practice because they can get ready for who knows what's going to happen. So basically, they're just going out there and they're practicing and going through their drills, and they're not playing a game. Eventually, you're going to want to play a game. And I, I'm, my hope is I just hope that um, because you know these other leagues you're going to play, they're going to have a fun season. They're going to have fans in the stands, uh, and uh, I just hope that we don't have people going, "Hey, I'm going to go to a conference that that sticks up to their kids and wants to and and, and wants to protect their kids," because obviously this conference doesn't care about kids. Uh, if they did, we'd be playing football, and I don't know what you can air and what you can't air on this on this radio <laughs> show. But the, but but the fact that uh, they canceled our season to protect our kids for their safety, but yet the commissioner that canceled it, his own son is going to be playing a full schedule while all these other kids in this conference have to sit and watch his kid play football, I think is very unfair. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we'll start having some more clearer thinkers uh, that uh, can overrule other people that make stupid decisions. But I don't know. Um, I hope that I'm not uh, saying stuff that I shouldn't be saying. I don't want to get anybody in yeah. trouble. But, but I, this isn't live, so that's good, right? You're, 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 you're fine. What's ahead for you? Are you going to be back out on the road anytime soon? Anything on the, on the calendar for you? You know, Greg, all I ever wanted to do is dance. So I'm going to go down to Branson, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to join one of those clogging things uh, now that my comedy's canceled. I've always wanted to clog, so I'm going to go down there and put on my clogging shoes. I've already rented a theater out, uh, Cable Guy Clogging, and it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll buy a ticket for that. I, hey, I, I have, you know what? I don't, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know what? I'm just enjoying my family. It's almost like, uh, you know, it's... Uh, almost like God intervened and said, you know what, you need to spend more time with your family. You've been gone a lot, so spend. Because, you know, I lived on a tour bus 260, 280 days a year. I was on the tour bus, took my family with me. And so this is always this has been a uh, good opportunity for, more, for me to uh, kick back with my family at the house and just uh, enjoy my family a little bit. So, but next year... Uh, we'll see what happens with that, everything that's going on, but we're gonna we're gonna tour a little more next year, and uh, go back to what we hopefully we're doing before. Fantastic, Larry! Great to catch up. Thank you so much. Looking forward to watching this full episode with you and Scott. The, the little clips we've seen are hilarious. Uh, continued success and good luck to you. Stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, Greg. Thanks a lot, and, and you as well. And I hope people people enjoyed it. It was something we thought this would be fun for everybody to watch. And Scott's just such a such a great coach. We're so I, I think that everybody should be so happy that he's leading our uh, our football team, and he's a stand, he's just a, an outstanding coach, and he's going to be here a long time, and we're going to win some games. So I hope you check it out. Thank you. Some of you may be on your way or already at a high school football game here in the state of Nebraska as the season officially begins today. And here to help us talk about it, nobody better in covering high school sports around the state than Mike Sauter from the Omaha World Herald joins us now on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. 
Uh, Mike, first of all, this is a, a strange time to be starting football with everything that's going on. Some schools participating, some schools not. Is this just one-of-a-kind type season, eerie feeling entering this one? Um, it is a little bit, just because I think there's going to be so many more eyeballs with no Husker football. I, I think a, a lot more people are going to be paying attention to high school football. Not like they did in any way in Nebraska, but I, I think the, you know, the the opportunity for um, people to care a little more about it is is definitely there. And um, you know, I know even from our angle in sports at, at the World Herald, we'll we'll still have you know we'll we'll have some added help on the high school stuff with uh, you know Sam McHugh and Evan Bland type people doing games or you know talking about high school football. So that'll be fun. You have your thumbprint all over high school sports in this state. What's been the last month to two months like in preparation for what's about to happen over the next couple of months with the coaches finding out what districts are going to play, who's not going to play, how practices are going to be run? What's that been like for you to cover? Uh, the, the, the biggest thing that I think or headache that they've had and going to continue to have is keeping kids apart from each other in at practices just from or games just from the optics of it right like it's it's really hard to tell high school kids they can't stand next to each other or talk to their teammates or high five and stuff like that when uh when that's what they're normally used to and i i think eventually people probably will just start letting some of that stuff go as long as people are being as safe as possible uh that's one thing the other is trying to fill games with OPS canceling or I guess not having fall sports filling those games has been a challenge for some schools. I know uh, Bellevue West had a kind of had a problem. They were supposed to open with Omaha Burke on Thursday and um, that would have been a great game opening game. And, and so they tried to backfill it, I think, or, or found someone to, to fill it. So, that's been the biggest challenge is kind of how do we manage, um, you know, practices and, and the social distancing part, but also another headache of it is how do we schedule or how are we going to schedule going forward? If let's say a school can't participate and this is probably more for, you know, eight man, six man teams, but how, how are we, how are those coaches going to adjust or administrators adjust? to the no contest that is likely going to happen and how do you try and fill a game, um, you know, that late sort of uh, w without that much of announcement on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And you kind of mentioned, uh, Mike, the, the coaches, and, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next. What's been the feedback that you've gotten from, from both sides of it, the coaches that are uh, progressing forward with their seasons, but also some of those OPS coaches that aren't given that opportunity this year? Yeah, um, you know, I'll start with the one. The, the ones that are playing, they're just happy to have the opportunity to play, right? And and uh, we'll do really anything uh, in their power to to play and and ha let their kids play or or have a season. I I think that's important for uh, the people need to know that. And also the OPS coaches, they absolutely wanted to play. There's there's I didn't talk to one that didn't want to play. Uh, I didn't talk to one that wasn't willing to do any and everything they possibly could to play. Um, whether that was 
they even tried to have an OPS only schedule, which would start in September and, or even practices starting in September and just play each other as far as OPS is concerned. And um, obviously that, that, that didn't happen. They, they certainly tried really hard. Um, maybe that's something that's revisited here, but I, 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 I doubt that'll be revisited. I think, uh, I think the, the superintendent and school board kind of made their decisions and, and they're just going to stick with those, but they're, they wanted to play. Um, and they're extremely disappointed that they're not allowed to play in particular, a team like Burke and North that had a chance to for sure make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs and had really good teams and had worked really hard uh, in July. Mike Sauter from the Omaha World Herald is our guest here on Sports Nightly. I'm Ben McLaughlin. Mike, I was kind of going to go there next as well. You mentioned kind of the team aspect, but what type of negative uh, or just bad luck, I guess, is it that this is this year and next year, arguably in terms of talent in this state, is some of the best that we've had in years. To have this happen right now with the virus and have – some of the, the, the best players in the state not be able to play? How much thought have you given to that, that uh, the, just the, the timing of this thing and, and how many players who are being noticed by not just Nebraska coaches but national coaches that aren't going to be given that opportunity? Yeah, there's, you know, two, two OPS ones in particular. Is, uh, Deshaun Woods, uh, the, the offensive lineman who's a junior at Omaha Central, he has – I mean, he's an offensive lineman. He has an offer from LSU, Florida, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan State, Arizona State. Um, they could keep going. But him and uh, Devin Jackson, the uh, linebacker from Omaha Burke, who, again, has offers from Nebraska and Arizona State and um, Illinois and a um, handful throughout the country. I, Michigan State, I think, is another one. Um so those two are the biggest names that are affected the most. Um, they're staying put. They're staying at their schools. They're not transferring or going somewhere else. They both probably very much so could have had the opportunity to do so. Um, probably go play for like an IMG Academy in Florida if they wanted to. Honestly, they're that good. I just, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad for selfish reasons that they're staying um, because be able to follow them in their high school careers more and just being juniors, you know, that that's, um, they do have another year. If they were seniors, I bet they probably would have explored something else. Um, but there are kids that the kids you feel bad for are the ones like, uh, Sam Scott at Omaha North, who has a handful of FCS offers, uh, your South Dakotas and North Dakota schools like that, Northern Iowa, um, but he's not going to have an opportunity to show off all the hard work he has done throughout the summer uh, and on the football field and not having any game tape that he could share with coaches at higher levels. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of stuck. I know he explored, he's one that explored options of maybe trying to transfer within the Metro and just didn't work out. Because the timing of the decision, I think, was a little late. Um, but there's there's kids all over that that aren't getting that opportunity that I feel bad for. Uh, Brayton Lofton is another one. He's 
six five, two hundred pound receiver who's a junior at Omaha Burke who had a really nice summer, a couple of workouts I went to and seven on seven things. He looked great. Um he had zero offers and he didn't really have any game tape and now he's not gonna have a whole year of game tape. So hopefully next summer he'll be able to go to some camps and shine. So those are those opportunities that, that kids I think you know, are definitely missing out on, but there is plenty of high-level talent that's still going to be able to play, like the two tight ends from Bellevue West. Um, they're definitely right at the top, and there's some younger guys that, like a Sam Sledge at Creighton Prep is a guy I think that's going to be really good. He's um, he's a junior as well, so I, you know, there's there's a lot of names to to sort of know, but. It's, you know, having the guys not playing is it's it really kind of stinks for them. There's no doubt; it's a great point, and and I think that's kind of where where we all go with it is just the opportunity lost by a lot of these kids, and even the ones that aren't going to go play college football, the ones that are just going to have their last opportunity to play the sport taken away from them. You just, your just heart goes out to those guys, and and just the unfortunate circumstance that we're all we're all dealing with. That being said, Mike, what are you expecting this year? I mean, games start tonight. What are you expecting to see? How's this going to go? Is there going to be much different? I mean, how much is this going to impact the games, the practices? How are you expecting this year to go? Um, I, I don't think it'll impact much. I mean, I, I think by now kids are kind of used to it and kind of different protocols. The, the biggest thing that um, people are going to have to get used to is basically everyone in the state, or I guess larger schools, um, the, the metro schools in Lincoln, there's no fan, no students. So not having a student section, you know, those, some of the, some high schoolers best memories are sitting in the student section and cheering on their teammates and, you know, dressing up and whatever the theme is for the night and all of that. So that's those non-athletes or, or non-football players, we're talking football, um, are are going to miss out on those opportunities. I I think that's that's something that's going to be affected big time because if you go to uh, Millard West versus Millard North per se football game or Millard South or really anything Bellevue West any big Class A school those student sections are normally packed and they have an impact on the game. Uh, so those kids not being there and just having parents show up. I mean parents or grandparents or four tickets or, you know, however schools are doing it differently. But I, I think that's that's going to be a, a thing that's going to impact the game. As far as teams, I, I think it'll be similar, you know, the, the same customers, right, that we've seen the last few years, particularly in A. Um, I think your Bellevue West and Omaha West Side and Millard West, Elkhorn South, Lincoln Southeast, um, I think those teams are going to be really good again. And if you take out two teams from the mix in, in Omaha North and Omaha Burke that were likely going to be top ten teams, then that gives someone else an opportunity to kind of sneak up in there. And, you know, a team like a Kearney and Grand Island that have been really good and traditionally and really even – beginning the year before OPS made their decision, you would have slated them in that nine tennis range. They're now moving up a level, right? As far as 
uh, rankings go and, you know, probability of making the playoffs and winning. So um, it, it does have an impact. But I, I think once we get the games kicked off, get playing, I think I think it'll just be kind of kids will get used to it and, and back to normal, I think, which is which is a good thing. No doubt. And I think that people around this state are going to fully embrace Nebraska high school football this year with the local communities and not having the Huskers, as you said earlier in the interview, I think is really going to impact the amount of attention that's on high school football, which I suppose is a is a benefit, a backhanded benefit, a silver lining, if you will. But I know there are a lot of people out listening to this right now that are that are happy to have high school football back and and uh, something to watch and read about and, and cheer for as uh, as the final results tick away. Mike Sauter from the Omaha World Herald, I guess. Mike, thanks so much for jumping on and chatting with us, man. Hopefully everything's good in your world and uh, you can be out covering high school football again real soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's time for the weekend preview. The part of the show where we tell you everything you have to watch this weekend. Come in. Watch. It'll be a good one. Sometimes we give you good advice. I could watch that all day. But we're not perfect. There were times I'm like, this is so dumb. Why am I watching this? It's the Weekend Preview with Ben McLaughlin. All right, into the full swing of things. Back in the routine of the Weekend Previews. Got my rhythm back, just like riding a bike. Is that what the kids say? So you're making like your... Your second start, your third start. Oh yeah, yeah. The mound, the mound is comfortable. Yeah, yep. Know the distance. Got the feel for the curveball. Okay. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into this weekend's action. Starting first with the association on the hardwood NBA playoffs, starting tomorrow at noon on TNT. The Bucks and the Magic, the number one and the number eight seeds, going toe to toe. Series tied, game apiece. I got the Milwaukee Bucks. 12 points favorites in this one. <laughs> I got the Bucks. Do the Magic win another one? No. Okay. Nope. Run, running the table. Uh, the Magic, I guess, used their only trick in, in game yep. one, and now they're, uh, now they're done, according to Greg. Yep. No, no, nothing else to see here. Uh, but there will be more to see at 2.30, also on TNT. You have the Pacers – and the Heat, Miami leads this series two games to none. Jimmy Butler, the leading scorer so far in the playoffs for Miami, nearly 20 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. They are a slight favorite in the eyes of Vegas as well down in the state of Florida. Austin really likes the Heat, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. with them. They got a little mojo going right now. They're growing on me, yeah. 2.30 p.m., Second game of the day for the NBA playoffs. Third game of the day, there are four. Third game of the of the day, Houston and Oklahoma City. This will be game three in this series in the Western Conference as well. Houston leads two games to none. James Harden, 34 points per game for the Houston Rockets. ESPN, where you can find this one. Uh, how many games does Oklahoma City win I, in this series? They might scratch one out, and Harden might overtake Mitchell as your first-round playoff points leader. I think he only had like 18 or 19 in their Mitchell? last game. Uh, Harden. Harden. Okay. Yeah, I think he was well, like 3 for 12 or something. From I think downtown, Mitchell had 19 or 20 today in that Jazz win. And Lillard, Lillard, who we'll get to in a He's second, hurt. had a yeah. had a tough game last game. So, yeah, we may as well just go there next, 730 ABC, that is the 
primetime game, the Lakers and the Trailblazers, series tied game apiece. Damian Lillard, as you mentioned, dislocated finger and uh, struggled yesterday for Portland and only managed, I think he finished with 18 points for Portland. So uh, the upset bid looks like without 100% Dame could be could be tough sledding for, for Portland here on out. They got the Lakers' attention by winning game one, don't you think? They did. Yeah, not entirely dissimilar to the one seed yeah. in the other conference right. as well. Uh, let's go back to the Eastern Conference starting first on Sunday at noon on ABC. You've got the Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Boston leads this series two games to none on ABC. I like the way Boston's playing right now. I don't give Philly much of a chance in this well, series. You, It's coming down the stretch. It's a one-point Celtics lead. i got a minute 20 left to go in that game right now. So, yeah, Sixers might steal this one. Maybe. I like Boston in the series. Though. Yeah, I do too. I, I, would, be, I would be shocked if uh, Philly can come behind and, and win that series. At 2.30 in the Western Conference first round, series tied at a game apiece between the other Los Angeles team, the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. It's been a fun series. You got Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic going head-to-head in this one. Um, Mavs have impressed me, Greg. I, I kind of thought the Clippers would roll a little bit. Doncic was a mon- – he almost had a triple-double in the first half in game two so um yeah I, I like the way that uh that dallas is playing right now i, I i'm still taking los angeles but it's gonna maverick's go not going down without a fight yeah it's gonna go away. Five thirty, tnt the team up north toronto against the brooklyn nets toronto leads this series three games to none it's all but over for karis lavert and company and brooklyn toronto's got that thing all but wrapped up and at 8 o'clock on TNT, it is the Nuggets and the Jazz. Utah leads that series two games to one on TNT as well. They so look your... good, Ben. Mm-hmm. The Jazz. Yes, they do. Whew. Yeah. Although those uniforms they had on today, wretched. <laughs> wretched. We've got the new uniform police out in full force. Oh, they were uh, bad. Here tonight. Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's move to the ice, shall we? We go from one bubble to the next there's a handful or i actually should just say a couple of games happening right now flyers and canadians in the third period uh three two philly leads in that one blues canucks later on tonight so not a ton of action here tonight in uh in the in the national hockey league on on saturday that would be tomorrow seven o'clock nbc you have the dallas stars colorado avalanche game one of the second round in the western conference so get our first look at dallas and Colorado. Colorado is just lighting the lamp profusely. I don't know if it's more of an indictment on them or uh, the Coyotes, but it was a rough, rough series, rough uh, finish to the series for the Coyotes and a big finish for the Avalanche. Maybe give them a, a little boost as they start the next round. Are their goals bigger? They got to be shooting at bigger goals. Come on. What are they been scoring like six, six and a half goals? Six, seven goals a game, yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, matchups on Sunday. You've got the Canadians Flyers, if necessary, mm-hmm. game as Philly leads that one three games to two. Uh, that is uh, on NBC Sports Network. Should that one happen, also if necessary, game Canucks and Blues as Vancouver leads that series three games to two. That one's taking place at the Rogers Place in Edmonton. So yeah, Tim's Blues on the ropes. They gonna, are gonna need a gonna need a nice little comeback here in that series to keep it going. The NHL, today's what, the 21st of August, is down to 10 teams 
and will be by Monday down to eight. And it could be down to eight at the end of tonight. If, if the Flyers win and the Canucks win, you'd be down to just eight teams left in the NHL playoffs. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Moving right along. Teams that I mean, are supposed they started, to win are doing it. Yeah, they started, I think, back up August 1st. They played some – they played – each got four or five matches, and now they're through the round, first round in three weeks. It's pretty quick. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's move to Major League Baseball next, shall we? Matchups here this weekend. You've got the Brewers and the really uh, struggling Pirates. They're bad. At just 4-17. and 17. Bad, uh, bad. Brewers haven't quite impressed yet either. They're, they're kind of all over the place with their performance uh, but they'll take on the Pirates this weekend. Marlins and Nationals, they'll play a doubleheader. Max Scherzer on the bump for game one for Washington tomorrow against the Miami Marlins, who have cooled off a bit. They're, they were, I, th- I think, 9-5 and five or one point, 9-6. They're down to 9-9 nine and nine overall. So their magic run seems to be uh, evaporated. They did just call up a couple of their biggest prospects this weekend. Uh, one of the better names in baseball, Sixto Sanchez, will make his Marlins what? debut Say that at again. some point this week. Sixto, S-I-X-T-O. Sixto awesome. Sanchez um, got got a really good fastball up in a, you know top, tops 100 miles an hour, and yeah, so he'll come up and uh, make his major league debut at some point this weekend. Angels Athletics this weekend. You've also got Tampa Bay and Baltimore. That at the Trop. Red Sox, Orioles, Baltimore starting to cool off. Red Sox, 10 games under 500 at 8 and 18. They're finally starting to get some of their bats going, but their pitching just Ooh. is non-existent. Brutal. Royals and Twins this weekend. Kansas City got out to a good start tonight, scoring four runs in the first. This has been a pretty animated series so far between Minnesota and Kansas City. It'll be Brady Singer and Randy Dobnak. Yes, that Randy Dobnak. 4-1, and 1.42 ERA. For that guy, for the handlebar mustache, Minnesota Twins starter, uh, Fox Sports One, where you can find that it's it's on uh, it's on national TV tomorrow. Phillies Man, the, and Braves, the, yeah, those, go ahead. This is the third straight weekend the Royals have played the Twins, mm-hmm. and I think this is it. I think you play each team in your division ten times. I think they're done. At, Man, yeah. Josh can check me on that, but I think they might be done playing each other by Sunday crazy it's, yeah that it's weird gone it's gone very fast that's for sure we're already almost halfway through the season believe yeah. it or not yeah Phillies and Braves speaking a team that don't have a bullpen how, how badly do you feel for Aaron Nola and Ooh. Zach Wheeler right now who um two of the better arms Aaron Nola's having an awesome season for for the Phillies Zach Wheeler is 3-0 with an under three ERA but their bullpen is absolutely atrocious right now they're they're gonna have to go I mean, their offense is good enough, and those those two arms are good enough to have them compete in the playoffs, but they're not going to win a single game if they've got um, that bullpen. They, they, they like Hector Neris, who's their closer, but he's blown three straight save opportunities. So I don't know what you can even count on if you're a Phillies fan um, moving, moving on. Tigers and Indians in the AL Central. Tristan McKenzie, another rookie being brought up to make his major league debut this time for the Indians who are just looking for any source of starting pitching as long as the punishments of Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak are, are still enforced. I don't know how Cleveland's going to continue to get by with uh, with what's going on there. Are those guys done for the year for them? They haven't Clev- decided yet. I mean, I, okay. I think that's okay. I mean, they're still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen there. White Sox and Cubs battle a shy town this weekend as well. Chicago uh, 
pale hosers, I should say, up 5 nothing tonight. They're off to a great start. White Sox playing good baseball right now. Uh, Reds and Cardinals at Bush. Rockies and Dodgers in the AL West. That one's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Dustin May, who, uh, if you're not familiar with Dustin May, he is a uh, flowing, locked, redheaded right-hander with a absolutely <laughs> filthy two-seamer that goes up to 100 miles an hour. Uh, that just is very, very tough on right-handers. You can watch him pitch tomorrow. Astros and Padres, they have officially changed their name to the Slam Diego Padres, Greg. They have hit grand slams in four consecutive games ever since the Fernando Tatis uh, bludgeoning seven RBI game to open the series. I swear to God, I, I've, I'm going up against a couple of Padres in fantasy baseball, and every single night they're just bludgeoning the poor Rangers, and the Rangers just have no pitching, and the Padres are just feeling it right now. Four consecutive. It's the first time in Major League Baseball history a team has hit a grand slam in every game of a series. Eric Hosmer uh, was one of the guys that hit yep. the grand slam the other night. You're right. Yeah, the Padres hit. are pretty good. I think the Padres are going to be in the playoffs, and they, they may be a handful for somebody to bounce out of a playoff series. So they're, they're, if you get a chance to catch any of their games, they're pretty entertaining to watch. They're going to need some some better pitching, but they've got they've got potential there with yep. obviously Denilson Lamette, who's another name that you probably haven't heard of, but I mean he throws into the upper 90s with just a filthy slider, and Zach Davies, who's the who's the exact opposite of that. He he can't break glass with his fastball, um, but they they follow those two up back to back, and um, yeah, interesting team to watch play for sure. The the aforementioned Texas Rangers. We'll play the Seattle Mariners. Rangers, more bad luck today as uh, Elvis Andrews uh, landed on the on the IL today, and they're, they're just having a rough go altogether. And Diamondbacks and Giants out in the AL West as well, so looking forward to that. Uh, another big prospect brought up um, for the Giants uh, this time. The Giants have uh, Bart, the catcher, who was a number two overall draft pick a couple of years ago, just brought up from San Francisco, too. So the other thing to keep an eye on this weekend in Major League Baseball is the Subway Series between the Yankees and the Mets. They've already banged Saturday's game. Um, don't know what the situation is going to be Sunday. Not, I, I mean, I don't even know why you try and play yeah. uh, Sunday if, if you're those two. Um, but, yeah, we'll – have to keep our eyes and ears we, on that. A couple of Mets staffers testing positive for uh, coronavirus. We talked about this last night. It's kind of like whack-a-mole. You get one team back, and then somebody else goes down. And it may just be that way for the next six weeks in Major League Baseball. They just may have to keep kind of bouncing around. The Marlins haven't had any more issues since they've been back. Cardinals now back going. The Reds missed a couple of days. They're back going. But now now you get the Mets, and it was, I think, what did you say, one player and one staffer? That it was for them, uh, I I believe that's I think that, that that was the case for the Reds. I'm not sure what what it ended up being for the Mets. They're still they're yeah. still trying to sort that out. I think, but yeah, it, all we know is two two people. So yeah, hopefully no more than that. Still just can't quite figure it out and get everybody everybody on the field at the same time. Um, all right, let's. Uh, speaking of the field, let's go to golf next. The Northern Trust happening right now. TPC Boston. Dustin Johnson, eleven under today. Uh, he is in the lead over Scotty Scheffler, Kevin Kisner in the hunt at eleven under. Uh, let's see, Matthew Wolf at ten under, Bubba Watson at nine under, and uh, should be an entertaining tournament moving forward. Patrick Reed, the defending champ here, and Bryson DeChambeau, not happy with how uh, 
how the, the voices travel, how the, how the sound travels in, in conversation with a chip yesterday telling people to be quiet because totally. you can hear them talk. Totally legit that he needs to quiet the crowd down. This is the first week of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the top 125. you got to be in the top 70 to make it to Chicago next week, which Teddy's going to be covering that tournament. You mentioned DJ shot a 60 today, Ben. Scotty Scheffler shot a 59. Uh, crazy. There's only been a handful of guys that have shot a 59 on the PGA Tour. Scott Scheffler is 24 years old, played collegiately at Texas. He is a really good player to keep your eye on. Uh, Tiger made the cut. Phil did not, and Phil announced uh, to the press after he knew he was missing the cut, Ben, that he's going to go play on the Champions Tour next week. All right. How about Good that? Hit some he bombs. Tur- he turned 52 months ago. They've got the, U- the U.S. Senior Open coming up in a few weeks, and he, he's kind of been pushing that off like he wasn't going to do it, but he announced today he's going to go play in the Champions Tournament next week. Good for him. I, uh, that'll draw some eyeballs, that's for sure. Yeah. Indy 500 this weekend, yeah. huh? Sunday at noon on NBC. Go watch those cars zip around that track a little bit. Drink some milk. I don't even know who I would pick. I don't know either. Um, was that what was that one guy's name? Juan Pablo Montoya. Is that guy still racing? Uh, I know he was really good for a while. I don't know. I don't know if he's still racing. That's yeah, I'm a little I out don't of know, touch but there. They're, they're, you know, they chug the milk. The winner gets yep. to chug the milk afterwards. Go drink some milk. We'll take yeah, care of that. That sounds awful after I was sweating <laughs> and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Man, Ben, when I was growing up, you didn't miss this race. This was such a part of Memorial Day weekend to watch that race, and IndyCar racing has just kind of lost, gotten lost in the sports world. NASCAR is really way overtaken it. Uh, but, man, it used to be just such a huge sporting spectacle. Yeah, it, it, uh, I will agree with you that it, it has lost some of the luster – for sure and that's i mean maybe not so much now i bet the the numbers are pretty good on sunday but could be yeah could be celtics did win 102 94 they pulled away in the last two minutes so they're up 3-0 in that series i thought that'd be a really good series sixers though without simmons just can't seem to body up tatum and uh, celtics are dominating those guys i think you better keep an eye on those guys in this playoff run too yeah i think the sixers are officially pretenders i yeah i don't i don't know that they're they're much of a threat in the playoffs. They haven't, they haven't proven much in that regard. Yep, that series will end on Sunday. You mentioned the NHL will be down to eight, could be down to eight tonight, uh, but will be down to eight over the weekend. The NBA, I think, will get down to eight sometime in the middle part of next week. So these playoffs are zipping right along, and that's okay because then they want to turn around and try to get going at some point in time. I did hear that I think the NHL was thinking about maybe pushing back to December before starting again. I don't know about that. I mean, they're down to eight teams by August 21st. Can't those teams be ready to go in two and a half months again? I, I, yeah, seems like, I don't know. Seems a little crazy. For Brett's sake, let's, uh, let's throw a soccer match well, out yeah, there, we shall got, we? we? got a buy-sell question about UEFA so. Champions League. Paris Saint-Germain, PSG as they're known as. They'll take on Bayern Munich from the Bundesliga. That is the German league. Two o'clock on uh on the 23rd what is that that's sunday 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 the 23rd so go watch some uh some heavy hitters on the pitch duke it out we need i think i don't i think i don't want goals i think i want uh defense in that one you know correctly yeah wasn't it four four combined goal goals for the two teams like yeah or somebody somebody scoring yeah neymar and somebody else scoring goals i don't remember how i picked it i don't either I don't either. Yeah. Okay. So that's what time? Is that early? Two thirty. 
2.30. Oh, man. That seems late. So you can definitely be uh, checking those boys out, running around the pitch, and hopefully not scoring goals. <laughs> uh, all right. Last segment of the week. We always like to set this aside and talk about winners and losers of the week. Mr. McLaughlin, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Happy to. Uh, my <laughs> my winners of the week, the Tampa Bay Rays, they became the first team in over 30 years to sweep road series against the Yankees and the Red Sox in a week in back-to-back series. So uh, huge credit to Tampa Bay for uh, – for their efforts, and uh, and and I know the Red Sox aren't quite what they used to, but the Yankees were the undefeated at home uh, going into uh, that series, and that sadly brings me to my losers of the week, and that's the New York Yankees, and not for that reason, but because of their injury situation, they just cannot stay healthy. John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, James Paxton, Glaber Torres. Uh, Araldis Chapman, I'm missing a bunch. I'm missing a, a few more guys that are on the shelf with uh, with injuries. But yeah, that's just uh, that's really tough to compete, and they found a way to do it. But you're down that many that many players. It, it's extremely tough. I think the, last I checked on their injury report, they had like 11 or 12 players on the IL. It's just it's really but tough. But they're getting some of those back, right? Like ju- is ju- Judge Judge it should yet? be ready to go. Yeah. Um, whenever, but uh, the, the Torres was just on the put on the IL today as, or yesterday, as was Paxton. So they added two names to it today. I- I, I just I I might be wrong about this, but I think I was the only one that picked Tampa Bay to win that division. I think you're right. <laughs> Playing well right now. <laughs> they're losing the night, or are they tied the night? I think they're tied, tied right now. Going to the tenth. Yeah. All right, Josh. What do you have? All right, I'm going to start with my loser. I actually have um, both my winner and loser coming from Major League Baseball, like Ben. My loser, uh, Roel Ramirez, Cardinals relief pitcher. He made his Major League debut on Sunday. He entered the game in the fifth inning against the Chicago White Sox, and it did not go well for Ramirez as he gave up six runs on six Ooh. hits, including Ooh. four consecutive home runs. So, Howie. and then he got optioned back to the minor, or just optioned on. Monday, so his his ma- major league stint didn't last very long, and obviously you feel bad for the guy, but man, that is a rough rough outing when you give up four consecutive home runs in your Jeez. major league debut. So I'll never forget that. Yep, uh, <laughs> not not to make fun of Tim and and Matt Cotney's Cardinals, but that that was a, a pitcher on their team. But my winner also comes from Major League Baseball game last night. Uh, the teddy bear that was in the stands at the Oakland A's yes. game last night, he took a line drive to the face off the bat of Kettle Mart. He bounced right back up, though, kept watching the game. He did have a bandage on his head today, but it looks like he's in the stands watching again tonight as the A's take on the Angels. That game just getting underway a couple minutes ago. So the teddy bear, he, you know, he's tough, nice. and he, he's a winner. He, he's a winner because he came back today and is, is still standing strong. Did they Good really one, put dog. a Band-Aid on They it? put a bandage around his head, yeah, right where he <laughs> took it off the dome. Oh, that's good. Does Brett want to play along? No, he, or not? he's out. He said that he was too negative. All he could come up with is losers. losers. So he's yeah. he just he didn't want to you know bring this segment down too much. Okay. Okay. My winner is Sierra Hassel of the Nebraska women's gymnastics program. She has been selected as the Big Ten Conference's nominee for the NCAA Woman of the Year. She had a tremendous career uh, on the mats for Nebraska. She's a Johnston, Iowa native. She was named Nebraska's Female Student Athlete of the Year. And you remember Nebraska, Angela Mercurio was named the NCAA Woman of the Year this past year. 
highly doubtful that Sierra wins the whole thing for the NCAA, but just to be the, the nominee from the Big Ten Conference, great honor for her, and congratulations to uh, Sierra, who's had a, had a tremendous career at Nebraska. So she's my winner of the week. And my losers of the week, I'm going back to Major League Baseball. I'm just saying the Texas Rangers, the, for the way they handled the Fernando Tatis uh, grand slam the other night, all the whining that they did and stirred it up, uh, they didn't have really anybody come to their – defense with the way they tried to blast Fernando Tatis. So the Rangers, the whining Rangers are my losers of the week. And then they had to suck down a grand slam from Will Myers, from Manny Machado, and Eric Hosmer after that. And they're getting plowed by the Mariners tonight. So Are they really? Yeah. Oh, what a, what a brutal week. Uh, let, try to summarize this week, Ben. This has been something else. I mean, it's we knew it was going to be some dark times. It kind of culminated today with the announcement of the 51 Husker uh, employees who have been put on furlough and the rest of the department going on a 10% pay reduction for the year. We're starting to hear word of other athletic departments now either laying people off or eliminating sports. It's just it's not been a it's not been a great week. It's quite honestly and I said this to begin the show tonight. It was tonight was one of those nights I really didn't want to go on the air cuz I just it was such a tough night to talk about all that stuff. There's really no way to sugarcoat it. It's been a crappy week and and, and I mean this is a week that we're going to remember for a long time. Um, you know, the feeling of, of not having a season, the fallout from the Big Ten. Kevin Warren has been a punching bag this week, and rightfully so. I think we'll remember that. Um, you know, our, our some of our first experiences with the new commissioner have just been terrible. There really hasn't been much positive that has come out of this week, uh, honestly. And so this, this is one we're going to remember, that's for sure. I'll bring up a couple things that make me smile as I go into the weekend. Cannot wait to see cruising with the Huskers on Sunday night with Larry the Cable Guy and Scott Frost. That's going to be fun. And again, congrats to our entire team for Osborne and the Option, the podcast that we dropped yesterday. Maybe uh, you set aside some time this weekend, folks, and download that and listen to that thing. That is incredible. Uh, Great job by Josh, Tim, Brett, all of our guys, Austin in the back, who pieced that thing together. And, And a tip of the cap to... Uh, one of our former own employees, and that's Nate Rohr, who did a lot of the legwork uh, before he was unfortunately furloughed in our company back in April. But those are a couple of positives for me, Ben, as I look toward back at the week. Yeah, I mean, there, there has been has been some, but I think the overarching theme here is, you know, at some point things got to start looking up, and hopefully it's next week. Yeah, no doubt. What a show. Uh, appreciate Parker Gabriel for spending some time with us. Fun to have Larry the Cable Guy on and also Mike Sauter of the Omaha World Herald to break down some high school football news for us. Uh, so pretty good stuff here for the week here on Sports Sunday. Thanks to Ben, to Josh, to Brent, and all of you for listening. Enjoy your summertime weekend coming up. We're back and do this all over again on Monday. Good night, everybody.